Save today. Allstate. Now that should be music to your ears. Not available in every state. New customer savings based on early signing discount. Drive eyes is an optional feature. Savings vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Northbrook, Illinois. What do you get when you talk to a Dell Technologies advisor? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get someone who understands there's an art to listening. Mm-hmm. Sure. Who's able to hear more than what's being said and can provide tailored mm-hmm. small business solutions that make you feel okay. truly heard. I understand. Let's get started. For advice on everything from laptops to the cloud and solutions powered by Intel vPro platform, call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Hey, Beaver Nation, this is Mike Parker. I want to talk about my experience at the Barbers in Corvallis. Rachel at the Barbers has been cutting what hair I have for many years. Not only do I get a great haircut, but also a hot leather neck shave, a shampoo and scalp massage, a soothing neck and shoulder massage, free popcorn and soda, a TV at every station to watch all the games. Discover for yourself why over 2,000 guys a month go to the Barbers. Check them out on 9th Street in Corvallis, the Barbers, where I go and guys go for great cuts. Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill has temporarily moved outside. Tommy's has put up a bunch of heaters and has set up outside in their covered patio, offering their entire breakfast, lunch, and dinner menu and a full bar. Also, the video lottery is back on in the bar at Tommy's and available every day. Stop by and support the staff at Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill on 4th Street, downtown Corvallis, a local favorite for over 20 years. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, here with another Golf Minute to help you escape from the bunker every time. There are three very common mistakes players make in greenside bunker play, causing them to lose shots. Here's some basic advice to help you improve your sand play. Are you hitting too far behind the ball? Hitting four or five inches behind the ball is too much. The club should enter the sand about two inches behind the ball for greenside bunker play. Are you failing to shift your weight? Swinging with just your arms and not shifting your weight decelerates the club, which often leads to bladed shots. Take practice swings until you can splash the sand onto the green. You have to make an aggressive full body swing to do this. And finally, are you too handsy? Practice swinging with one hand back and through to promote a full turn. Choke down to the middle of your grip and hit one-arm shots. So remember, lose those bunker blues and you'll lose those high scores. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out because when you find the perfect home, you don't want to lose it to anybody else. Rocket Technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers and their agents greater confidence in you. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this. What can help you buy the home you really want? Rocket can. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. That's rocketmortgage.com or call 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call cost information and conditions equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Tick Liquor Firearms in South Corvallis and Salem is open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. At Tick Liquor Firearms, find guns, outdoor gear, guns, ammo, and more guns. Buy, sell, or trade new and used. 
TickLicker also offers consignment and layaway options. Also ask about their monthly CHL classes. Come check out Tick Liquor Firearms on Southwest 3rd and Corvallis and on Southeast Commercial in Salem. View their inventory and shop online at TickLiquorFirearms.com. It's with joy that the student-athletes are returning to the fields and courts. But it doesn't feel quite the same. Where have the people gone? Seems like there's no one hanging on. Cut out! Cut out! Cut out! Cut out! What is this cut out talk? In 2020-21, the people may be cutouts, but there are still games, and there are still tailgate shows, they're still broadcast, and through it all, there is still the Joe Beaver Show, a place to gather at proper distances to talk about it all, to talk about what we do have. And it looks like we're ready to give it one more try. So, such as it is, we're ready to give it one more try with John and Mike and the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Good afternoon. Good morning, actually. Good morning, everybody. It is uh, time for Joe Beaver Show, Tuesday, February the 2nd. I'm John Warren with Mike Parker as we're just get, getting settled in. And we've got volleyball here in this first hour. Uh, we've got uh, The Athletic. Jason Quick from The Athletic will join us. Aaliyah McDonald from the Oregon State Volleyball Team joining us, Mike, here in about 15 minutes or so. And that is just around the corner. So how you doing? You're all, you're all dicked out like you're going to go to uh, uh, Mickey's Gym. <laughs> It's not, uh, yeah, I mean, not really decked out per se. It's just sweats, again, is one of the ads I think we hear on Beaver Sports broadcasts. Uh, if you're in your sweats, again, <laughs> I'm in mine again, Oregon State basketball. It's good gear, though. And, no, really I'm not really gear. decked out to go anywhere other than here in the studio. You know, we're in week 47, and it's, it's still interesting to me talking to Doc Scheffler coming back from Los Angeles. He said on Friday night they were staying in the UCLA area, Westwood a Hotel, and for the first time in a long time in the Southland, things were opened up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Outdoor seating for restaurants. I don't know what Maddie tells you in Santa Monica, whether there's outdoor seating in well, places and, or and not. No, or until until just recently past, it's all been closed. Even outdoor seating. Yeah. Well, that was Sean's sense as well, but things opened up on this night, and he said it was unbelievable the number of people that came out. Now, apparently there was still the ability to social distance and have mm -hmm. you know, outdoor seating that was considered safe and meeting you know, right. those safety kind of standards. But he said it was. he got the sense looking around that just, you know, when you said all deck, he said people who look like people, you know, men and women, young people, of a lot of different ages, he said, were dressed to the nines, all like, hey, we can go out yeah. for the first time in a yeah. long time yeah. and did. But just talking to Sean about being in Los Angeles just, again, got me thinking about how different things are. Traveling is, you know, I mean, I've spent in the last 47 weeks and given the life that, you know, between Beaver football, basketball, mm -hmm. baseball, the Knights, 
I spent quite a few <clears throat> nights away from sure. the domicile in South Corvallis, and in the last 47 weeks, one, and Waldo Lake. And <laughs> it was a great night, cold as can be, didn't sleep much. But that's it, and that's very unusual for me. And so just hearing Sean talk about being someplace yeah. else, there was a twinge for a moment of, hmm, that sounds kind of nice, actually, if that <laughs> makes any sense. Yeah. Because road trips, if somebody said, if somebody said, and this is where, you know, just hearing Romy talk about Super Bowl 55, I don't know what Barber Gate's all about. And do we have a Barber Gate story? Somebody went to a barber and shouldn't have. Is that accurate? I haven't even you, heard You that. weren't listening? Okay. No. He was just uh, talking about that. Really good <laughs> stuff today. The Nate Burleson interview was very well, well done. I yeah. loved hearing Nate talk about getting reps in as a broadcaster how he used to do that as a player. Really good stuff today, I thought. I heard the Barry Sanders interview. I did not hear that. That was good. But Romy was talking about, you know, how the players at the Super Bowl, uh, everyone's holding their breath to make sure we get to the kickoff without some positive tests and Uh maybe a key, uh really key player for both teams, superstar-type players testing positive and out. And how the players essentially have to be sequestered. There's no, and I started thinking about Broadway Joe and Super Bowl three, <laughs> and the photographs I've seen of of in Miami, with Joe lounging at the pool and reporters with microphones, cameras, notepads. He's in his bathing. It's a famous photograph yeah, yeah. and photographs of Broadway Joe in a in a lounge chair at a pool with people all over one of those reclining chairs and reporters hovering around him when he's giving his famous, oh, we'll win, I guarantee it. Well, <laughs> you know, Earl Morrill's a good quarterback, but we have many quarterbacks in our league that are way better than he is. I mean, just throwing this this fiery bulletin board material. <laughs> but thinking about that scene, thinking about the life, the life is important. These guys... I know they're wired and built to compete, but if they were told that the rest of their careers, yeah. you won't get to enjoy, quote, the life and be out and go out in these uh-huh. cities. And mm-hmm. it's like brass spittoons in the bedrooms, brass spittoons in the lobbies, says Ray Liotta in <laughs> Field of Dreams. That's right. The life, part of being a major leaguer. Yeah. Includes that life and the ability to go places and be seen and be seen. And these guys didn't sign up for the kind of life they're in now. It's temporary, they would hope. You right. hope it's temporary. Right. But it's not exactly, if, if you told them, yeah, you can be a, a major league star, but you, know, you can't, quote, go out. You've got to stay in your room on road trips. Yeah, I think they might still go for it out of their love for the sport and the, but yeah, the life, the trappings of the life mean something to these guys. Well, and, and if they are able to stay in their rooms and and not and you know stay in their shoes, so to speak, that's very admirable over a two week time well, period. To add to that, I think part of the trappings of the the life are the fans and fans exactly. in the stadium and the adulation. <laughs> the adulation, yes. So when issues come up about fans and radio coverage and don't not wanting to do this interview or that interview and this whole separation between us and them 
I won't say um, I won't say a lot of them, but some of them, them being the athletes and or the coaches, I think of a Bill Belichick type, take on this attitude that they, they don't need us, they don't want us, we're just a big pain in their rear, mm-hmm. and and we can just we don't we just will do it without you. Well, mm-hmm. you're you're kind of in that situation right now. How, how does it taste? Right, that's a good point. I enjoyed hearing Jennifer Allen say yesterday that an interview she did with Bill Belichick away from, when you get Bill talking football and football theory and being coached and growing up with the sport, you're in good territory with him. It's yeah. one of the few subjects that he will willingly and happily engage in. If you talk, Bill, uh, who developed the single wing? Oh, well, I mean, he'll go. He'll go on <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But. There are other things, and I'm glad you brought up the the reporters and the interaction because at 12.05 today, you mentioned Aaliyah McDonald. She'll join us at 11.25 to talk about a good weekend for her. She's a freshman out of Pearland, Texas, Mm. and shifted from middle blocker to outside hitter. She'd never, I don't know if she'd ever played it before, but she played it well. And the Beavers defeated USC in a volleyball match for the first time in 13 years on Friday night. Ended up splitting the two games, but that's a good win for the program. So we'll get to know young Aaliyah here in a few minutes on the Joe Beaver Show. Then at 12.05 today, speaking of the give and take and the interaction, you played... And I'd almost like to hear it if you. I don't know if you can get it queued up for purposes of this show. I have show. the Dwight part, not well, not the Jason. Although you, quick. you do you have the Dwight part here? Yeah, but but you did have Jason this morning, yeah, right? Okay, Jason will join us at twelve oh five. Oregon State alumnus used to work uh, in sports information with Hal and <clears throat> Steve Fink, and has moved on to become one of the better writers in the NBA, covering yeah, the Blazers. Yeah. The initial impetus for me to get him on this time, we check in with him periodically. Sure. He wrote a story about Damian Lillard's heroics the other night, has Elias Sports Brio numbers to back the clutch nature of Damian. Damian has more game-winning shots defined as, in this case, shots to win games with five seconds or less to go than anybody in the league in the last nine years. So it's not just, oh, wow, we're provincialists and we see our guy hit some big shots. It's quantifiable. The Elias Sports Bureau has has Damian with nine nine last-second game-winning shots or within the last five seconds. Yeah. One more than LeBron and two more than, than the people Doesn't next surprise on the me list. at all. You can go all the way back to the, the Brandon Roy years when and but but Damien no Damien's been doing that for a long yep. time. And so the interchange between uh Jason and, and Stotts wasn't quite as electrifying as Dwight because there was more of a back and forth. Dwight would say something, Terry would come back with right. a smarmy thing, and then they would go back and forth several times. Jason asked him what do you, what do you do you hold these guys accountable and then Stotts goes on a long thing about accountability and i thought i thought well you know we 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 show them film and we do you know it's like but but it's teachable it's more on us to teach well then jason came back with okay then what do you need to teach better right and then terry didn't like that so much but went on to talk about different things that needed to be taught and so those were the two interchanges with 
or exchanges, I, w- I should say, with Jason and Stott, but the Dwight one was golden. It was golden. It was good. Nasir Little scored 30. Right? Yeah. In, but in a, I didn't see any of the game or even listen to any of it. I saw I, the first quarter. I saw, and Nasir started. Yeah, he and did. must have had a decent game, but I sensed that when I hear people talk about high-scoring games in the league, they will often say, yeah, well, he scored 30, but yeah. it was in a blowout. Right. It, it was in a game that didn't matter. It was garbage-time points. There, was no, there were no pressure shots to be taken. It's a little bit akin to a pitcher in a baseball game. Yeski used to talk about it's not just the number of pitches a pitcher will throw in a given game. It's the number of pitches that are pressure-packed, that have weight on them. Mm-hmm. So if you come into a game and you're, you're in long relief and your team's down 11-1 to 1 and you're given the ball in the third inning and you bridge that from the third to the seventh with no runs or one run and pitch pretty well, there, there isn't, there's very little expectation in those pitches. Right. The right. game's out of hand, and one cannot say, oh, he shut out Arizona State for four innings. He must be really right. good. Right. You come in in the third inning, and the, the starter got hurt, and you've got to come in and save the, save the situation and, and go four innings of no-hit ball. After they had already, it's like 2-2. Mm-hmm. Different story. Yeah, exactly. Christian Chamberlain had a couple of outings of – it, like that in Omaha in 18 where he bridged gaps and got the team to a situation where they could win a game. That's pressure pitching. And, and in that respect, too, I think in basketball, sometimes scoring numbers, finals, totals, or even during the course of a season. Yeah, I remember being infatuated with, Damian, uh, with uh, Damon Stoudemire's numbers mm-hmm. at Toronto. And when he became a blazer, I thought, ooh, this is going to the score. He's going to bring leadership and toughness, and and he did to a certain extent. And he was a good player and a good scorer. But I remember Eggers and others pulling me aside as I was, you know, really high on the Stoudemire trade <laughs> coming to back home and coming to the Blazers. He said, "Ah, oh, we like the move too, but know that in Toronto." They weren't good then. Yeah. The ball's always in his hands, yeah. and he's going to score. He's yeah. good enough to always be scoring, but what kind of games is he playing in? Right. What kind of pressure pack shots is he having to take? And the ball's in his hands, and he's going to score. So Nasir Little's numbers last night, I think Dwight's point seemed to be well taken that when are you going to start playing him more? Well, we started him. Yeah, I know. but you know, <laughs> Yeah, that was it, so it, disingenuous. It well, Stotts is feeling it, isn't he? A he little bit. Oh, yeah. And it's this way every game, even in victories. Yeah. There's an edge and a sensitivity on his part. Little, blowout or not, mm-hmm. was 5 of 7 from 3 and 11 of 18 overall. Right, that's Six good. rebounds and two blocks. That's a good he, game. He had a very good game. Yeah. I like Dwight. I've never heard of this before in sports, uh, in the sports lexicon. Buried treasure. I like that for yeah. a guy that hasn't been discovered or is, is really right. good sitting on the right. bench and everybody thinks you should play him. I love that saying, buried treasure. But, of course, Stotts and his – he was in a, mo- a mode last <laughs> night. I guess you get blown out, and you did. Yeah. 134-106, and they play the Wizards tonight. It's not going to be much better, I no, don't think. No, and that was a 28-point deal. It was almost 40 at one point. Right. 39 39 points. point lead. So – uh, buried treasure, Stotts. I don't know what you mean. What do you mean, buried treasure? <laughs> of course you know what he quick, means. And then quick, 
later. Now, how do you, you know, what kind of accountability or whatever yeah. you have in place yeah. with your players on defense? What do you mean accountability? I mean, Stotts <laughs> wasn't having it, so to speak. He wasn't. And he was going to come right back with, define your terms. What are you talking about? Yeah. I get it, but it also shows a coach a little bit on edge. And the the next question, as you said, Johnny, that Quick asked how do you coach? How do you, you know, what do you need to do to coach your guys because, up better because, on defense? Because Stott's answer was saying it's it's on us. It's not on accountability. First of all, how what kind of a coach would say that when it comes to defense or anything that you don't hold your players to accountability? He said we don't hold them to accountability. Right. Yeah, that's on everybody. He tried to gloss it over like, what do you mean you don't hold your your players accountability? Well, of course you do. What he means, I what he meant, I think. You know, I'm trying to look at it. <laughs> Cue up your both sides now. I'd like to. I'm trying yeah. to look at it from Stotts's point of view. I think what he's trying to say and asking Jason to define his terms. We'll talk to Quick about this at yeah. 12.05 because the initial impetus to get Jason on was a wonderful story he wrote for The Athletic about Damien's heroics right. and how far Not back. last night. Now, but, but last night occurs right. since I asked him to come on the show, and he said yes to coming on today at 12.05. So we have the Damien story, and then Damien is his lead today with Lillard saying last night to Quick, we're not a championship team. We can't think we're a championship team. If we're going to keep playing defense like this, we ain't. Well, you like that a little bit more than the, yes. the deflection from the coach. And Damian himself knows. It, 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 defense has not been his strong suit, but he went to management before the year and said, we've got to get... Damian yeah. craves a championship. He's a ultra-focused laser-focused competitor who wants to win a title, and he wants to win it in Portland. Right, And so Damien essentially forced, according to Quick, Olshay's hand in giving up a draft pick for Robert Covington and getting Derek Jones for the mid-level exception, almost all of it, mm -hmm. things that Olshay would like to kind of play around with and keep in his uh, at his disposal because of Lillard, essentially, and, and the re I think recognition on everyone's part in the organization. For us to go where we want to go, we got to get better defensively. Those two guys, Covington and Jones, were brought in specifically to to help the defensive effort, but also to appease Damian in the sense right. of showing Damian that he keeps saying, I want to stay in Portland, I want to win a championship in Portland, but if defense continues to be uh, the culprit, right. and they're 27th, 28th, 29th in defense year after year in the league, Damian may at some point, even with his love for Portland, his avowed love for it, crave a championship so much that he might say, i got to go pull a Gary Payton or do something else and get one late in the career. Clyde Drexler getting yeah. one late in his career. Right. And I don't know Houston. how much meaning it would have for you if you if you love a place and then you go somewhere else just to get it. It's I know. like you're buying yourself a it, title. True, I know. But, uh, no, good exchanges. Terry, uh, Coach Stotts, seems like he's been deflecting and been, been sensitive all season. But the one thing I noticed – with Dwight and with Jason, now it's like, okay, no more tiptoeing. No more tiptoeing. It feels like that. Because, you yeah. know, with Dwight, when Dwight's trying to ask the question and Terry's saying, well, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know what, what, what you know. Yeah. It's like, come on. Come on. You know exactly what I mean. And Dwight kind of ramped it up a little bit. It never got ugly between anybody. No, no. And I think Terry's a good enough dude. 
yeah. a nice enough guy. Yeah. But even so, even the nice ones can be pressed and pushed, cajoled a bit into a corner. And I feel like that's the tone I'm getting, hearing, that's what's happening. Except I don't believe that they're out of line questions. No, they're not. And we'll talk to Jason, who will represent, I think, yeah. he and Dwight. Both. It was funny to hear your report this morning on the Clue Morning Update where you played the full exchange with Dwight, with Terry, and then followed up by Jason sort of, okay, good questions, Dwight, while we're at it, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you, it did almost have that feel of Stott's getting double teamed by these two excellent yeah, yeah. Uh, veteran reporters, Dwight's case to call – him, a veteran porter, and quick, the same thing. They're in different categories altogether. I mean, yeah. Dwight was probably reporting before quick was born or yes. thereabouts. Yes, and is one of the, the legends. Yes. But <laughs> it was an interesting exchange. Sorry, Dwight, that's not quite true, I don't believe. you know. I mean, but, but they've both been well, covering the Blazers for a long 40. time. So Dwight's probably been doing I'm not sure how old quick he is, but you have to think – do some quick math for me right now before we break. Yeah. Good mathematics coming from our next guest with her performance. What's an indicator? Uh, at Oregon State, about 1992, 93. Uh, that would be about four years so younger than 22. me. 50, 51. You think Quick's 51? That's, you know, my yeah, years were 80, 83 to 87. So five years, 50, 50 years okay. old. Yeah, could Dwight could Dwight have been do uh, writing before Quick was well, born? Well, I don't that want would... to venture into guessing <laughs> Dwight's age, but he would have to be seventy. Okay, to have been hey, there for twenty Aaliyah years. Here's Leah McDonald. We'll take a break. Tell her to hang on. We'll be back with Aaliyah in a moment on twelve forty Joe Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. So if you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group. 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. Come see me at my new location at 3335 Ferry Street Southwest in Albany, or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541 541- 760-2277. Call the glass man. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump says the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it, drive it, fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. 
It's hard to find something for everyone, except at Woodstock's Pizza. Woodstock's Pizza has pizza for all, starting with your choice of four different crust options, including cauliflower and gluten-free. Then choose from six different sauces, including vegan and dairy-free, plus your choice of over 35 fresh toppings. Then choose pickup or delivery. Notice how I keep saying choose and choice? That's because Woodstock's Pizza really is pizza for all. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. In a world where your tires are your only connection to the road, one... Yeah, that's not happening. Here we go. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Great to be with you. Jason Quick will join us at 12.05. The Oregon State volleyball team with a tremendous win on Friday against USC, the first in 13 years over the Trojans when our next guest, Aaliyah McDonald, was six years old. So it had been a while, and Aaliyah and her teammates uh, had a good weekend, even in the uh, defeat uh, on Sunday. The Trojans managed to salvage a split. The Beavers competed very well. Mm -hmm. But in the Friday match, 18-25, to the first set, then the Beavers come back and win 25-22, 26 24 and 25 to 12 to win their first match against USC since 2008. And joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show for the first time, a pleasure to introduce and say hello to Aaliyah McDonald, freshman out of Perland, Texas. Aaliyah, congratulations on the big win. I know you wanted to get another one on Sunday, but all in all, how did you feel you and, and your teammates played over the weekend against a very good team? Um, I think we played really good. Like I feel like we fought really hard. Like No one really expected us to win, so we just kind of went out there and just played our best. Like We didn't want to you know, get embarrassed, so we were just playing, you know, the best that we can, and we ended up with the win on Friday. And uh, we didn't win on Sunday, but, I mean, we still fought really hard and gave it our all. Yeah. You know, thinking of USC, Aaliyah, how how has it been for you in the quick transition from high school ball up to not only college, but some of the best volleyball in in the country, in in USC and, and some of the other teams in this conference. How has it been for you? And what are some of the differences in the the level of play that you came from to what you're playing now as a freshman? Um, I think the transition for me was, it wasn't too bad because like all the people who I see in the Pac-12 that were playing against, I played against them. Or like such as like a USC, their outside hitter. I played against her in my high school, so it wasn't really too much of a transition. But I think that some of the differences are that it's like really fast. It's a lot faster than what I was originally used to. So that was one of the main adjustments that I had to deal with. Speaking of adjustments, and we spoke with uh, Josh Warden, who did the play-by-play for the live stream. I hope your folks got to tune in and maybe other friends and family members got to watch that. But he said he visited with you after the match on Sunday, Josh did, because you Mm -hmm. were adjusted from middle blocker. Is that correct to outside? I mean, have you played much of that before? Tell us a little bit about why that happened and how it went for you. Um, So that happened because um, a lot of our – two of our outside hitters got hurt, like Michael – um, she had a concussion, and then Naya, she has a knee injury and an ab injury. So 
um, we needed another offense over there other than just our two outsides. So um, they put me on the right. And I played right side a little bit my freshman year of high school, but I haven't really played it since then. And um, it, was a, it was a big adjustment, but it wasn't too bad. So, like, it's not too much of a difference in the middle, but, you know, um, it was an adjustment, yeah. Aaliyah McDonald joining us. You mentioned Michael. I assume you're referring to Michael Vernon. Is it true? Tell us a little bit how how far back you go with her and how interesting it is that you both end up at Oregon State. Do you end up here coincidentally, or did you have a plan to do this together, or what? <laughs> oh, no, it was totally a coincidence. Um, yeah, me and Michael, we played on the um, A1 high-performance team together. Um, I, that's where I met her in Florida. Um, we were friends then, and like all of a sudden, she uh, DM'd me on Instagram. She said, "Oh yeah, I'm talking to Oregon State," and then she ended up committing here. And I just, that's kind of crazy that that we met each other there and met up again here in in Oregon. So that's crazy. When she did, did you did you was that just oh okay cool that's good good for you. Or yeah. did it did it <laughs> raise some awareness about it when suddenly when you when you were having to make that decision, did her commitment here in, move you in any way, or what was it that attracted you to Oregon State yourself? Um, for me, it was mainly um, I really wanted to get into some competitive volleyball. I know Pac-12 is the most competitive conference, and I just wanted to play at the highest level possible. And uh, also, I really like the campus here. It's really pretty, and also... Um, I've just been in the South my whole life. Like, I don't really go out in the South too much. So I just wanted to experience, uh, like, a new place, a new area, stuff like that. Aaliyah yeah. McDonald, our guest, had you visited the state, or did you, did all this happen during COVID for you? How, how was the recruiting process? Oh, me, I committed um, right before my junior year. So I had been here. That was my, I committed on my first visit here. I just loved it so much. And I was really excited about it. So my first visit here, yeah, before my junior year, I committed. And, um, yeah. I'm always amazed by um, athletes that come from far away. And I'm wondering how much things have changed from way back in the day before any kind of smart anything and the ability to connect how is it for you? Is it your personality that you're okay being away from home? Or in this, you wouldn't know the old way, but in this new way, the connections of FaceTiming and your parents being able to watch on streams and, and all of that, does that help in going far away from home? Or do you not even notice it because you're, you're, you've grown up in this, this system of smart technology? Um. Uh, I think the smart technology makes it a lot easier. Like my parents, they always call me after the game. They get to see it, and they get to see what I'm doing. I FaceTime my mom multiple times a day. She's always wanting to see what I'm doing. So I think that that's made it a lot easier. But I have always, you know, we've always had that. So um, she would be calling me regardless where I'm at. So, <laughs> yeah. Aaliyah McDonald, our guest, freshman, Middle blocker, outside hitter, Pearland, Texas, mm-hmm. Glenda Dawson High School. When did you get gravitate to the sport, Aaliyah? Have you been playing it for a long time? When your parents and your mom calls you all the time, do they know what they're talking about? Do they know the sport? Mm-hmm. How? When did you get yeah. involved with it? 
Um, I think I got involved with it around seventh grade. I had um, just, I was just trying all the sports and I just found volleyball. Everyone else was playing and I wanted to try it out too. So I just kind of um, stuck with it and I just, I liked it. I stuck with it. I like hitting. I liked all of that. And I just, so I've been playing since seventh grade and yeah, my at the beginning, my parents didn't really know what was going on, but I think that they have a pretty good understanding of it now. So yeah, we can talk about volleyball and stuff. A lot of t- for a, while. a lot of times, basketball and volleyball are interchangeable for for athletes. You're six feet tall. Did you play basketball as well, or was it always volleyball for you? Uh, I tried to play basketball, but that just was not my thing. That was one of the sports that I tried and. I didn't. I didn't really enjoy it too much, so that's why I kind of chose volleyball over basketball. So it's just always been volleyball. Tell us about Pearland a little bit. Is is it part of the Houston metro area? I, I don't quite. I can't quite place it in my mind. Yeah. So like, there's in Houston. It's like a whole bunch of like. It's like the greater Houston area. Like a lot of people live in the greater Houston area. So Pearland is about 20 minutes outside of. Uh, Houston, it's a pretty nice city. It's a little bit half country, half populated, like half, you know, all kinds. It's just, yeah, it's right outside of Houston. Aaliyah McDonald joining us for a few more minutes. The Beavers will be on the road again this weekend, Thursday at Washington. You've already been on a road trip. What was that like for you and the team, Aaliyah? I mean, the, the, the challenges of traveling in the pandemic world we're in what was that like for you guys oh it was kind of it was kind of crazy like you know the airports and with the pandemic um we've had to keep our mask on try to stay socially distanced as much as we could from other people but you know it is the airport so it's just all kinds of people um you know coming through so you just kind of have to uh you know wear your mask and stay protected as much as you can and hope that you know, you don't get unlucky with the uh, with the COVID. So uh, that's how it was kind of crazy. But we ended up staying COVID free. So, do you have to yeah. have uh, food delivered to your rooms? You can't have team meals, can you? Oh yeah, that was yeah. We that kind of affected like our kind of team bonding because you know that's how that's where the team gets to talk with each other. But we couldn't quite do that because. We have to stay socially distanced, uh, even within the team, other than playing volleyball. So, yeah, our meals were delivered to our rooms. Or they were delivered to us. We couldn't eat it together. We had to go back up to our rooms to eat it. So, wow. yeah. What about playing the sport that is so intense, uh, requires so much uh, energy, and and to wear masks during matches? How, you know, how how do you feel? Are you affected by that? I mean, could you tell a huge difference compared to you know as you played your whole life without them? Yeah. Oh yeah. We the mask playing in the mask is so bad. It's so hard. It's just especially when we went to Colorado, everyone was just breathing so hard on mm-hmm. both sides of the net. You could hear them, and uh, yeah, playing with the mask is you just have to get conditioned, I guess, but. It's very difficult. It's hard to breathe, and sometimes the mask gets sweaty. makes it even harder to breathe. So, yeah, it's quite a challenge with the mask. I bet it is. Is there any way that 
you are used to it by now, though. I mean, I know that may be asking a lot, but have you just made the adjustment to it that, okay, this isn't cool, this isn't good, but it is what it is, and I'm kind of used to it now, or is it just a challenge every minute you're out there on the floor? Um, I feel like it's kind of a half and half. Just, I guess it depends on what we're playing. Like, whenever we were in Colorado, it mm-hmm. was just terrible. Yeah. Uh, it was really hard to breathe. But when we're here, it's, I mean, you just have to deal with it. I mean, it's, I mean, as long as we get to play volleyball, it, it is what it is. So, it's fine. We, just, we deal with it. Sometimes, some days are harder than others with it. Aaliyah, when you when you talk about condition and being trying to be in optimum condition at all times for the sport, particularly when you go to a mile high climate like Boulder, as you did, mm-hmm. what did you do during the the shutdown time? Were you able to go home and did you work out and try to stay in optimum condition? Did you have the facilities to do that? Um, yes, when I went home for Christmas break. Well, sometimes from Texas, a lot of stuff was um, still open. Like my the gym was open, mm-hmm. but I usually I didn't really go to the gym just because I didn't want to. I wanted to stay socially distanced, but all the stuff was still open where I'm from. But I know some of my teammates uh, who are from here, uh, not as much things were available to them. But for me, I stayed in I stayed in shape. You know, just running. Uh, doing a little bit of volleyball, like my old volleyball gym was still open, but we just had to um, take more precautions, like less people in the gym at one time, but it was still open and running. When you, so, were, yeah. able, when you were able to get ramped up towards the beginning of the season, in terms of mm-hmm. what uh, Coach Barnard and the uh, other coaches were asking you to do, in terms of making sure you were in shape and, and all of that, did you find it uh, a little more challenging? Do you think, I mean, just trying to get to the level of the condition you need to play in matches, or did it feel like a normal sort of training camp getting ready for the year? Um, I think it was pretty normal. I mean, I'm pretty used to uh, doing hard conditioning and stuff just to get in shape. So I thought it was pretty normal. The only thing is just with the mask, it can kind of get a little bit tiring. But uh, other than that, it wasn't any different as far as uh, the what we're doing, conditioning, just the mask. Are you that's, that's a big factor? Gotcha. Are you busing to Seattle? Yes, we are busing to Seattle. Okay. Okay. Uh, Fun. Yeah, final thing. <laughs> yeah. It actually goes fairly quickly. The final thing for you, Leah, and that is: <laughs> Have you focused in yet on a? On an academic major, I saw in your bio online that you were considering chemistry. Is that the direction you're going, or are you still contemplating what to do? Oh no, I'm uh, I'm a chemistry major. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Do you have a goal? <laughs> do you have a career goal or plan in mind with that? Um, I want to uh, go to dental school to try and become an orthodontist. So that's my end goal with that. We're both dads, so when we interview athletes, we always we always want to make sure you guys are set academically. Yeah, got to yeah. make sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's that's admirable. That's a challenging chal- a major, as you I'm sure have found out when John asked you yeah. about the transition, you know, from high school and club volleyball to the Pac-12. Academics, I assume, have been important to you if that's the kind of goal and career you want to have. So 
online, remote learning, all of that. How's that been going for you so far? Um, the online learning, I, it's okay. Like in, in theory, I was like, oh, it's fine. I don't have to go to class. It's so fun. I can just sit at home. But in reality, I really don't prefer online learning. Mm-hmm. It's quite difficult to just navigate all the assignments online and all the programs and all the different teaching methods. Not all the teachers really do traditional lecture because it's online and it's kind of, it's kind of been difficult. As far as that, I don't, I don't really like the online learning. So hopefully we can, in the next couple of semesters, maybe we can get back in the classroom. Because I feel like that would be a lot better it's a for good, me. It, yeah. It's a good, honest answer, and I think that a lot of people feel that it's way. great answer. Thank you, Aaliyah, yeah. for, for taking time for us. Congratulations on the big win over USC and a lot more to come, it sounds like, this year for you and your teammates. So thanks for taking yep. time for us. It's good to meet you, and welcome to Beaver Nation, and look forward to watching your career unfold. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Aaliyah McDonald, freshman from the Houston area, Perland, Texas, Glenda Dawson High School. I, I, thought, I thought I detected her pronouncing it as Pearland. Pearland, I think you're right. And like I've, pear and yes, then land. A pear land, yeah. And I've been saying pearl and had no idea. Not I, I've I would come have said across the same it. Thing. I've come across it. I've never heard of it. Any text? Well, I, one other time, I think in writing charts for a game for another team, I wrote down oh, so and so from, from yeah. And I have, and I do. I, you're right. When I mentioned hmm, Pearland. She, I thought I heard her say pair. Yeah, and it makes sense, too, if you're playing a team like Houston, you know, and right. you were down there. You were in Houston, so. It's possible that that's where I wrote it, Pearland. Yeah. Any Texans in our midst? Oh, yeah, it's Pearland. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it's too far outside of Houston. No. A little uh, suburb. Yes. Let's no, yes. Let's take a break. If you have any <laughs> thoughts, 497-5356 okay. on the... Downward Dog Sports Line, the University Honda Text Line, 4975356. Anything we've touched on, any of the interviews, conversations from the last few days, we've been busy with guests and probably will continue to be. But if you have something you'd like to share, feel free. I got to just say, I know we just briefly texted a couple of lines. That Fearsome Foursome special was fantastic. It was so good. I came away from that convinced that even in the modern day, it translates over best defensive line in all football history. I'm glad, John. You you were texting me while watching it saying, this is great. Did you know? Oh, yeah. you, The people who put that together yeah. did a great job yeah. with it. NFL yeah. Films. Jennifer Allen. Jennifer it, Allen it opens was with Deacon Jones yeah. at a baseball game. Yeah. And, watching. And, her son. You're right. Her, her son, son play, named Deacon play baseball. Play little guy baseball. Yeah. And uh, wow, I did. I learned a lot. Like, think about this. These guys were in their seventies, probably when they they did the one scene where Deacon and Rosie were sitting there together. Yes. And um, Deacon was was saying he was talking about. Well, he wasn't talking about it, but Jennifer's pre-produced piece was showing how Deacon had grown up where he had grown up mm-hmm. and the and the what he had seen with uh racism and right. all of that in his early years 
and how and then they would show pictures of him really really mad yes really angry and you could feel it in his soul and here's this hunched over little guy in his late 70s sitting there with his best best guy rosie greer who's who's a a minister right and and deacon just saying "I, i i i still have so much so much anger so much hate and Rosie's like, oh no, Deacon, you know, no, he you does, don't. And would say to Jennifer, he doesn't really. He doesn't mean really that. mean it. And Deacon <laughs> would be, yes, I do, yes, I do. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it was mm-hmm. fascinating, yeah. and the the Merlin Olson part of the whole thing, and his brother. I didn't know his brother played on the team. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't quite as good. But no, he played. And when he talked, he sounded like yeah. Merlin. And they they did a really good job of going over the history of of the four guys and how they. I learned more about George Allen, not so much George Allen, mm-hmm. but about that time period that right. you always refer to right. and how good they were before those guys got there and then they get there. And mm-hmm. oh, man, that it's was so well, well done. done. Film. The Fearsome Foursome of Football Life. And it's you've just looked it up. And YouTube, Fearsome Foursome right. of Football Life. Boom, there it is. And it's really well and done. And Jennifer Allen, we just had her on. Yeah. And, and she was tremendous in, yeah. in hosting that. Let's break. Anything you'd like to share, 497-5356. Thanks for joining us on 1240 Joe Radio. At H&R Block, tax time means max refund time. And with virtual tax prep, our experts can help you get your refund from home. Stay in your sweatpants. Just snap some pics of your docs and a tax pro does the work. Your maximum refund is guaranteed or your money back. Virtual tax prep, one of the many ways Block has your back. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. This is Serena from your local H&R Block. Last year was full of surprises and tax prep shouldn't be. Visit one of our local six offices today. Don't forget about our Philomath office next to Safeway and the Sunset Shopping Center. Book your appointment today and let us get your maximum refund. We set them up. You knock them down. Street Corvallis. Angry Beaver Grill is open for covered and heated outdoor dining as well as dinner to go orders Tuesday through Sunday. Get the favorites including Angry Beaver's Reuben and French dip sandwiches, burgers, tacos, and the Gables recipe chicken bisque soup and garlic croutons. And don't miss Angry Beaver's Friday and Saturday night famous Gables smoked ribeye steak dinner special. Angry Beaver Grill open Tuesday through Sunday from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. for covered and heated outdoor dining in the back of the restaurant and for carryout on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. Angry Beaver Thank you for your support. This is Mike Parker for Evenflow Plumbing, your trusted award-winning plumber for the Mid-Valley. Evenflow specializes in complete plumbing and drain cleaning solutions for residential and commercial jobs. They treat your home like it's their home, and their flat rate pricing means no surprises at the end of the job. Evenflow takes pride in doing the job right the first time. Just call 541-738-8853 for all your plumbing needs. When you need a pro, go with the flow. Even flow plumbing. Hey, Beaver fans. Over the past several months, we all have come together to help each other in this COVID struggle. But would you know how to help a family member or a coworker in the time of an emergency? Hi, I'm Todd Washington, owner of CPR Works, where we teach people the skills to help someone in the time of an emergency. 
I am currently holding both virtual and in-person classes for CPR and first aid. For more information or to schedule a class, contact me at CPR-Works.com. Go Beavs! Trace comes inside, lays it in, and counts his foul. Your Tax and Wealth Management coaches, Paul Witzke, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry are ready to put you in the game. Perhaps you're looking to save money for your kids' college, start your retirement, or need business coaching. Tax and Wealth Management has what you need to execute that game plan into a victory. With 40 years in business, Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis has the strategy you need for tax planning and saving for your financial future. Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com or call 541-753-4185 to get in the game. If your RV or trailer is sitting in storage or out in the rain this winter, let Guarantee pay you cash for your rig. Cash for Campers means no more storage and no more worries. My name is Bo and I live in Cottage Grove. Cash for Campers put over $10,000 in my pocket. We were waiting until summer to sell our trailer, but Guarantee gave us cash right now. Guarantee will give you $500 if we can't beat any Oregon dealer's written offer on your late model RV. RV in good condition. My name is Jessica and I live in Springfield. Thanks to Guarantee, we no longer have a monthly storage bill and we have more than enough money to remodel our kitchen. Trailers, fifth wheels, toy haulers, motorhomes, they all qualify for cash for campers. I'm Paul. Uh, We've been stuck at home for about nine months now. Guarantee made it really easy for us. No hassles. They came and picked up our fifth wheel at our house and delivered our check. Text RV for me to 55678 for special offers or visit at Guarantee.com. That's RV, the number four, me, to 55678. Guarantee RV is here to help you put cash in your pocket. So the question is, and you were asking Aaliyah about, in a sense, her social media savvy and the ability to stay in touch with parents right. and friends. Right. That's commonplace to the youngsters of the age. And so they're used to it and the ability to watch streams and do FaceTime and yeah. all of the other platforms. It's it's just common vernacular in their lives. That's how they engage with parents, friends, people in that world, unlike what we grew up with. Right. <clears throat> so right. she's comfortable with it. So she could answer this. My daughter Lydia could answer it. Maddie probably could. Josh probably could. The orange one probably could, but I'm about to ask it. Well, the orange one looks everything up, so I and don't know it, what he knows organically. Well, that's a good good. Point, and I love but, you, Dave. I'm no, just teasing. No, but I think he knows a lot organically because <laughs> he does so. engage in the platforms a lot, too. Yes, he's very but smart here man. is something I saw from uh, Louis Batero, a former academic advisor at Oregon State, my daughter's advisor when Lydia was attending school at Oregon State. Good man. And I came across a tweet from him, which reads, at Mike M. Remmers 75. This is a tweet from Louie. Yeah. And this is what I don't understand. I was trying to share this with you. Yeah. And you didn't quite get it either, nor do I. <clears throat> at M. Remmers 75. This is Louie's tweet. At Remmers 75, at least when you're trending, it's with Hal Holbrook. And Groundhog Day. So, and then the next thing you see under that is he's retweeting a sense something from a company called Fortnite Creative Come Visit, promoted by Verizon. And there are three lines here Mike Remmers, all the president's men, 
and Ned Ryerson. Now, Ryerson uh, is the guy in Groundhog Day, a film I heard you this morning say doesn't quite do it for you like other Bill Murray works do. Yes. But I, I like anytime Groundhog Day is on, if I'm channel surfing, the test of a film's staying power is will you check it out or right, watch? Right. And the answer to that is yes. I always do, and I usually laugh. I enjoy I'll give Groundhog it a try. Day. I'll give it one more try. Ned Ryerson, that's a funny little ongoing bit with with Bill and Groundhog Day. Ned Ryerson. But here, here's the category. Mike Remmers, all the president's <laughs> men, and Ned Ryerson. And Louie says, well, if you're trending, then you're trending with Hal Holbrook and Groundhog Day, Hal Holbrook, deep throat in all the president's men. He passed away in 95. Yes. The, the Hal Holbrook or the deep throat? No, the Hal Holbrook Okay. Died. Because I think Deep Throat's identity was finally that was revealed a right, few years so back to whatever that, the right. case. But that's an interesting trio there. Remmers, <laughs> the film All the President's Men of the Book, and Ned Ryerson. And according to this, Remmers was trending with those other two categories, All the President's Men and Ned Ryerson. But so you, I'm trying to figure out, and you said to me, well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know no, what that means. You, you, you said to me, why is Mike Remmers trending? And yes. I said, how do you know? I, I know what trending means. I know that it means that if you if a certain number of people are, are your name's coming up a certain number of times, you're quote-unquote trending, which is a, a level of which... <laughs> It's a high level. You're okay. trending on but Twitter means right now everybody's talking about you. There's a threshold, though. And there is. there must be a threshold that says you got to get over this number and you'll be considered trending. That's fine. I understand the concept. But where on my phone... On my on my Twitter app, where does it show who's trending? <laughs> I don't know. Because when you said, why is Mike Remmers trending? I'm like, wait a second. How do you know where's trending? Because I don't know. I know the concept, but I don't know how you find that on the, on the app. How do you know <laughs> who's trending? I, I would have no idea if I hadn't read Louis B.'s tweet. That says at least if you're trending, you're trending with Holbrook and right, Roundhouse. Right, that's you, that's you got it from someone else. Right, and he's got three here: Remmers, all the president's men, and Ned Ryerson. Well, so, I can understand Ned Ryerson and Mike Remmers, but all the president's men. That yeah, why make was sense. that suddenly that's trending? The, the, which one doesn't belong that's true. with the other? In this case, yeah, Mike Remmers starting, and probably yeah. there are a lot of articles, I'm sure, about. And what Rome and, and Burleson and others were talking about, the biggest issue in this game yeah, is the makeshift Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. Can it hold? Right. Can it give Mahomes enough time to do his thing? So for betters and for Kansas City fans yeah. and even for Tampa Bay fans, I can see Mike Remmer's name easily be a trending topic. Right. Um, Ned Ryerson. It's Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Right. But... You're right. The outlier here is all the president's men. Why is that trending now? Yeah. What's uh, what's going on in the world that's making that happen? But but, but more than point, anything, and I'll I'll ask Josh because he knows everything yeah. about this stuff. But where on the screen do you see if something is trending or not? I don't know. But it, the same question we asked many times. I've asked. You've answered. I guess trending has a certain threshold, as did. <laughs> a so-and-so video I've laughed. I remember I used to say to you years ago, well, the video's gone viral. <laughs> oh, well, at what point 
do we consider? What does that mean exactly? <laughs> Is there a point where, up? Oh, it's a viral video now. It's gone viral. Does it just mean it's being viewed a lot? Or yeah. does the a lot have an actual quantified is it viral? That, yes, it's viral now. Yes, uh, that I can never answer. I can never answer that. I don't know, other than common sense saying that <laughs> there's a whole lot of uh, people watching it, so it's just something that's used. It's just you know a I mean? term used, yeah. even if there may but not there be might a specific be a quantifiable threshold. number for it. <laughs> okay. Well, that is interesting to me that our own Mike Remmers is part of, uh, at least was for a while, about four hours ago, trending on Groundhog Day. So Josh writes to me, this is interesting, and we don't have time to... Yeah, call him down the hall. ...look it up ourselves, but Remmer... He said Mike, but he meant Remmers. Um, Mike went trending because of some beef with Jason Pierre-Paul. Remmers has a beef with Jason Pierre-Paul? Well, one or the other. So then he goes on. He just wrote me. He said, Jason Pierre-Paul said that he didn't know who Mike Remmers is. And Pierre-Paul is a defensive end for the Bucks, So he'll be matched up with Remmers. Then Remmers said today he didn't care what Jason Pierre-Paul said. I love it. Now everyone's going to be watching that matchup. No, I know. That, that's funny to me. It's because I'm sure it was innocently asked of Jason Pierre Paul, what do you think about your matchup with Mike Remmers? Yeah, and he probably who's said, Mike "Who's that?" <laughs> hey, what's the over under for the word, the term of the word Oregon State? It's a good. That, that would be a good prop bet. Yes, I, I I bet that's not been even advanced in Vegas, but that would be a good. You set the line on that. Is it legal to make your own lines and be your own house? <laughs> Oh, is well, that legal? Give, give me your over under an Oregon State getting mentioned in the Super Bowl. I would two. One, if you set it at two, I might go with the under. I would set it at two. Right. And go under? I would go under that, yes. Yeah. I don't it think it might they'll... come up once. Play to, you know, if Remmers gets beat on a play or if he makes a great block. His it, name will be called. It'll be announced. But will yeah. they say the words out loud? Now, you'll see the graphic. Right. But will they say, well, Mike Remmers from Oregon State. Right. How I, often will one of the main broadcasters say <laughs> Oregon State, the over-unders at two? That's the only prop bet I'm interested in, by the way. <laughs> I just want to know if I could be my own house. <laughs> and, and, and take the action. I don't think that's legal. Well, Coming anyway. up next, we have a conversation with Jason Quick. And it's a timely one for two reasons. My original point in reaching out to him, the amazing heroics of Lillard the other night, that, that two-shot stretch was as impressive as I've seen him. I haven't followed the team day in and day out like right. The great fans do. But that stretch to beat Chicago with two threes in the last nine seconds was as impressive as anything I've seen him do. The length of the shot, the difficulty of the final shot. Because it was two. Yeah, one from 37 feet and the other kind of rising high and almost falling out of bounds as the clock's expiring to hit a 26-footer. I mean, legendary is the shot against Houston in the playoffs, but I don't know, the other night might surpass it. It was big. 
So Damon, uh, Jason wrote a great article on Damien about that and the origins of that kind of toughness and killer instinct. But now we have last night's defensive game to talk about with Jason as well. Here's the microphone. This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. Twelve forty. Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your money now. After a volatile January, stocks are opening February with a second straight day of broad and sharp gains. The numbers, the Dow Industrials up 587 points today. The tech-heavy Nasdaq has leaped 248. The S&P 500 is up 67. A very disappointing fourth quarter for Harley-Davidson. The motorcycle maker reported a surprising loss for the period and revenue that was shy of analysts' expectations. In response, shares of Harley-Davidson are tumbling 18% today. Uber is acquiring alcohol delivery service Drizzly for $1.1 billion with plans to integrate it into the Uber Eats app. U.S. oil prices soared again today, hitting their highest level in just over a year. March crude jumping 2.3% to settle at 54.76 a barrel. It's seen the biggest boom in more than two decades, snowmobiling. Combine the thrill of speed with an ongoing desire to get outside during a pandemic, and you've got a 15 to 20% spike this season in snowmobile sales, nearly a third to new riders. That's your money now. Right now, Allstate has almost as many ways to save as there are types of music. Save for being a new customer. Save more for adding DriveWise. And save even more for driving safely. Visit Allstate.com or contact your local agent to get a quote. Find out how much you can save today. Allstate. Now that should be music to your ears. Not available in every state. New customer savings based on early signing discount. Drive-Eyes is an optional feature. Savings vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Northbrook, Illinois. What do you get when you talk to a Dell Technologies advisor? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You get someone who understands there's an art to listening. Mm -hmm. Sure. Who's able to hear more than what's being said and can provide tailored mm -hmm. small business solutions that make you feel okay. truly heard. I understand. Let's get started. For advice on everything from laptops to the cloud and solutions powered by Intel vPro platform, call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DEV. This is Oscar at the Natty Dresser inviting you to First Friday this Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. This month's theme is Valentine Inspiration Party, VIP Night. Come by the shop and get gift ideas for the guy in your life. Hats to shoes and everything in between. We carry Moonstruck chocolates and are giving away free chocolate with every purchase that night. First Friday, this Friday, the Natty Dresser, purveyors of quality menswear in our new location on the corner of 2nd and Broad Alban in historic downtown Albany. Dress well, be confident, find success. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements and they'll safely deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Hi, I'm Matt Vaskersian with another little-known legend of sports. Golfer Jose Maria Olathobel isn't known as a particularly streaky player, but during the first round of the 1991 British Open, the Spaniard had to deal with a streak of a completely different kind. As Olathobel was preparing to putt on the first green at Royal and Andrews, 
A 16-year-old female spectator stripped off all of her clothes, snuck under the ropes, dashed down the fairway, and made a beeline right for him as he was lining up his shot. Olafabel caught the naked girl out of the corner of his eye and tried to run away from her, but the speedy teenage streaker managed to grab him, wrap her arms around him, and give him a big hug before course marshals grabbed her and removed her from the green. As the girl was led away, a kindly spectator loaned her his raincoat as a cover-up. But as for Olafabel, the incident with the young streaker so unnerved him that he ended up shooting a 75 for the round. That's the naked truth, and that story makes our list of little-known legends of sports. I'm Matt Vaskersian. What's in store this week at Staples? Everything you need for a totally productive workspace. Staples has the technology, supplies, and furniture you need to upgrade your workspace at amazing prices. Like right now, select chairs are 40% off. Plus, when you buy any office chair, get 25% off all desks, file cabinets, chair mats, bookcases, and lighting purchases. Shop in store or pick up curbside. Upgrade your workspace and save at Staples. See staplesconnect.com for details. Ends 22721, in store only. While supplies last, curbside available at most stores. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents. And Doug. Breathe out and repeat after me. Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Your bird is eating my candles. Your bird is eating my candles. No, seriously, he's making a mess. No, seriously, he's... Liberty, 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 Liberty. Get a customized quote at LibertyMutual.com. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beeves. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to another day in the life of the Joe Beaver Show with Mike Parker, whose name brings instant recognition. It's a Mr. Parker. Who? Mr. Parker. Who? 30, 25, 20, Ken! I'm pretty busy right now, Mr. Parker. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, 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 Mr. Parker. Now, just, just calm yourself. Goodbye. I'm excitable. Mr. Parker is not alone, of course. Hey, which way did the other fella go? Uh, the other fella was yeah. another fella. You wait right here. I'll go get Warren. Uh, John Warren. The most humble man in sports. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I helped write the game. No. Oh, toward the world, giving lessons and also lecturing. This is good. This is real good. I'm, I'm really proud of our team. And the Joe Beaver Show always seeks fellowship. Is there a doctor on the stands? Why, yes, I'm a doctor. How do you like the game, Doc? So here living the doc life are Mike Parker and John Warren with the Joe Beaver Show. On 1240 Joe Radio. We head into the second hour. It is a pleasure to welcome um, a friend to the show and just a friend through the years in the business. Oregon State alumnus Jason Quick writing for The Athletic now. And the initial impetus, as Jason would attest, was not uh, 
the little set to last night with Terry Stotts following the Blazers' 134-106 to loss. We will get to that, and I, I know he'll understand why. But I read a, a wonderful story by Jason in The Athletic about Damian Lillard's latest game-winning heroics with the headline, the, the game-winning shot was 22 years in the making. And Damian saying with a sense of understanding, and I think he's right, quote, this will be a special one, unquote. And I think will be remembered for a long time for all that it entailed. And Jason, who has done some excellent stories on Damien in the past. I felt, Jason, and Jason, great to have you with us. We'll talk about last night, too, in a moment. But I want to stay with my original impetus to have a periodic visit with you, as we do and always appreciate. The sense I got from that story, even with all the work you've done on Damien and covered him for so long, that it sounded like, unless you've conveyed this in other stories that I've not read before, learn some things about the drive and the motivations and all that makes up Damian Lillard. Did you? Yeah, I certainly did, Mike. Um, You know, there's things that have happened in Dane's life that he has identified that, okay, this moment for me, this time shaped me. And he doesn't forget that. And I think he often finds himself reflecting back on those moments and uh, occasionally just through reporting and being around him. Uh, we are lucky enough to be let in on that and get a window into his upbringing, which helps explain why he is so remarkable. Um, and, you know, the other night, it's funny because originally I was working on a story about his high school years and about how, as a sophomore, um, he transferred to this private school, school where Jason Kidd went. And after averaging like 28 points as a freshman at a different high school, he comes to this private school and he's benched. He's, he's not playing, not playing at all. And, it killed him because basketball is his life. Uh, but anyway, so I was reporting this story. Um, I had I had uncovered it, the story of him uh, not playing in the course of another story I was doing about his relationship with with Coach Stotts and and how he views coaches and what. Uh, what he needs to get out of a coach. So he, he told me this story. And so I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to dig a little deeper on that. So I started calling his AAU coach. I, I called the coach, um, that essentially benched him as a sophomore and, you know, started talking to his brother. So I was reporting that, um, as these games were going on. And, and by luck, I, I happened to call the coach who he had, uh, a beef with who, who benched him. And I talked to him right before the Chicago game. And so then I uh, got done with that and then watched the Chicago game. And he hits this miraculous shot to complete a really improbable comeback. The Blazers were down five points uh, with nine seconds left. And he had a 37 footer. They get a jump ball on the inbounds. The jump ball kind of pinballs to Damien. 
and he makes a fallaway uh, three-pointer at the buzzer to win. So after that game, I asked Damien, you know, this is a common thread of what we've seen from you. Um, you know, never give up. Uh, don't count me out. That type of, and I, I asked him, where does that come from? And he told this wonderful story. Uh, he he kind of chuckled at first and told this wonderful story about him as an eight-year-old and playing football in Oakland. And he didn't really like it. You know, fake being sick to get out of practices, hated standing in the rain, just didn't want to be there. And uh, after a year, he he goes through and he, and he quits. And his family is ultra competitive. And they laid it on him, saying that he, he was scared to be hit, uh, didn't like contact, all that kind of stuff. And so he said, you know what, okay, I'm going to go out one more year. And he went out, and he ended up being uh, a standout. He he says defensive player of the year was all over the field, and it, it was kind of the first experience of standing up to people and and showing some toughness and proving people wrong that no, I can do this. Uh, so, anyways, I, I wove that with also with uh, his high school experience of. Of being benched and uh, and what really stuck with him is he tried to confront the coach, or not confront him, but ask him, what do I need to do to get on the court? And he felt the coach took that the wrong way, and uh, which further kind of cemented him on the bench. And at the end of the year, they had this conversation, and the coach is like, do you realize how difficult it is to make Division One? How difficult it is to make it to the pros? And he had all those stats uh, for Damien. And he said, so you really still think you're going to make the NBA? And Damien said, yes. And Damien said the coach laughed in his face. And that really stuck with him. And uh, the funny thing about it, though, was, it ended up being one of the most important moments of his life because from that moment on, a, a switch flipped, and he started working incredibly hard. You know, his brother said at that point, he was he was really talented, but he was lazy. He would never do any of the extra work. He just got by on talent alone. But when that coach laughed in his face, it sparked something, and, and he started – uh, being, as Damien says, militant in his workouts. And he had this singular focus that I need to be the best. I need to prove it. And uh, it, it really, I think, shows just how he's a master motivator of himself. But it shows how things in your youth can really shape you and really motivate you. And uh, even 15, 22 years later now, uh, those events are playing a role in his life. Jason Quick from The Athletic joining us. In fairness and for the record, you also in your story quote the coach that benched him and that Damien had this conversation with yeah. Coach Don Lippy, 
who doesn't remember or denies laughing in Damien's face in that moment, saying, I would never do that to a young man's dreams. Did he sound believable to you, or do you trust Damien's account? Uh, yeah, he sounded believable, but, um, you know, and it, and it could be just the, you know, it, it differs when, which side of the, of the table you're mm-hmm. on. I, I think coach Lippy was probably trying to be realistic and, and he did tell me, I, I didn't put it in the story. He's like, he said, uh, you know, he always tried to um, establish with his kids that it's important to get an education so you have something to fall back on. Um, and I think Damien heard what he heard and, and maybe selectively chose to hear or remember mm-hmm. the, the chuckle uh, and the laugh in his face. Um, so, you know, I... I Coach Lippy did not sound like a mean-spirited mm-hmm. or egotistical uh, coach when I spoke to him. Uh, and, he, and he's, you know, to be honest, he's a highly decorated coach. 895 wins. I think uh, when they start playing again, if he gets the five more wins, he'll be uh, just the fifth high school coach in, in California to record 900 wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's a very accomplished coach. But uh, but Dame wants nothing to do with him, and, and Coach Lippy has tried to in, in has tried to contact him, and Dame says no, I don't want anything to do with him. I have nothing to say to him. Wow, that was going to be my my question, Jason, is if they had talked or made up, or or any one side saying I was wrong, and the other side saying see, <laughs> but did you just answer? Yeah, he, no, they they had a run in yes. at the Oakland airport. Um, it, it was a few years after that, and Coach Lippy's uh, son was in the same AAU program as Damien. Not not the same age, but they were the same program. And they returned from a trip from Los Angeles, and uh, they met eyes in the baggage claim. And Coach Lippy came over and said, "Hey, Damien, how you doing?" And Dame said, "He just said." Fine. Didn't have eye contact or anything, and walked past him, and uh, that's the last he spoke of him. Well, he did. Your story contains the gem, though, that this beginning of the of this ultra laser focus that's become legendary for Damien. Even Houston, his brother, as you report, says the moment that Damien felt that Don Lippy and laughed at him about his goal, to, uh, Damien's goal to be in the NBA. He transfers to Oakland High. You write that the, from uh, St. Joseph's where Coach Lippy had coached him and repu- reportedly laughed at him. He plays for Oakland against Lippy the following year and dominates, tears him up, and had something to say to Coach Lippy during the course of that game against him. So while he may be angry with Lippy, Lippy may have done more for him than anybody else. That's right. Yeah, I, I, and I don't know that Damon wouldn't uh, dispute that. You know that it was a defining moment mm-hmm. in his life because it it lit a fire under him that he had never had before. Uh, he always had dreams and uh, goals, but he never had the work ethic or the 
motivation to prove someone wrong. I think that was the first, uh, well, actually, you know, probably the, the football story was the first time that he had motivation to prove people wrong or to prove himself. And the high school uh, one was really kind of a singular one person focus to prove wrong that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show you that I did have it. You know, Jason, you, you quantified too what we have loved in our neck of the woods, our world, Damien's clutch, his heroic shots, but it's quantifiable that he does it often and more than anybody else. And you put that in, the Elias Sports Bureau's research that since Damien entered the league in 2012, he has more game winners in the final five seconds than anybody else. So it's not just, I mean, it's a true quantifiable thing. And yet you said, quote, there's no coach, no teammate, and no statistical bureau that can explain the why and the how of Lillard's greatness. And your story was an attempt to get to where that comes from. Right. And, uh, again, I, I think not enough can be said about his upbringing. His parents did a great job instilling, uh, real values into him. Um, accountability, hard work, uh, those are, those are things, loyalty. Those are things that Dane still carries today. And, um, it, it's just, uh, I don't know. It, it's really neat when you see someone's, uh, you know, they say it takes a community to raise a kid. And, and I really think his neighborhood and his, his family, um, really put a lot of positive things into him and, and, and the way he thinks and the way he conducts himself. And we're seeing that here in Portland. Uh, we're, we're so lucky to have him. And, and just experience it. The more you're around him and the more you hear him talk, you understand what a powerful force he is. And I know that might sound like hyperbole and uh, a little gushy, but it, it really is something when you're around him and you interact with him and you hear him and see how, he affects other people. It's really, really powerful. In closing, Jason, then, and I'm glad we got to explore, and thank you so much for the story. And again, it's it, your work alone is, is reason, particularly for Blazer fans, and we have many up and down the state to subscribe to The Athletic to be able to get these kinds of stories in depth. But it's it, to me, the timing's interesting. And isn't it, in a sense, a picture of what the Blazers are all about to go from Damien's heroics in one game. The very next storyline is you visiting with Damien. It's also available on The Athletic right now with the headline, Damien Lillard on Blazers defense. Right now we are the championship team. As he told you in a conversation of a different kind just a couple of days later, the latest game last night, 134-106. For our listeners, Jason, what did that story entail? And it entails a conversation John has played already between you and Dwight and Coach Stotts after last night's game. Well, it's kind of a layered story. 
Um, but in a sense, Damien puts so much of himself into this franchise, and he has been incredibly loyal to this franchise, and his singular goal is to win a championship. But here we are nine years into his career, and they're no closer to a championship than when he was a rookie. And the reason is because of their defense. They have the 29th-rated defense out of 30 teams in the NBA. And you can't win a championship in this league when your defense is that bad. And, and so, you know, he just he turned 30. He's got three kids now. It, it's a reminder that time's wasting. His prime is fading. And the Blazers are just kind of spinning their wheels with uh, a coach who's had struggled to, to adequately, adequately coach defense. And so I'm, I'm kind of raising the question of, in my article, of where is this franchise? Are they okay with being in the playoffs, uh, filling the the stadium and and having a likable team. I don't know. Right. You know, we, we haven't heard from the owner and, and that's not, a, that that's not the worst thing in the world to say that. Yeah. Hey, as a small market team in the NBA, we're content with being competitive and having a good product to put on the feet on the court. But I think there are some people, a lot of people and Damian Lillard included that expects a little more. They want to chase excellence. And if they're really serious about chasing excellence, then I think they need to look at why the defense isn't better. Why the, the reason this team is being held back right now is defense. Their offense is great. They've got a great franchise leader who has, uh, is a great proponent for culture and accountability and um, doing the right thing. They have everything but defense. So it's time to look at that. And can Coach Stotts implement a defensive system and teach it to these guys so it's effective? Uh, You know, the answer to the last two years is no. He's done it twice in Portland. He's been a top 10 defense. Uh, but for the most part, throughout his career, he has been in the bottom third of the NBA as far as defensive coaches. So uh, I, I think we're reaching a crossroads here in Portland where after nine years, you have to ask yourself, where are we going? Where are they headed? And uh, it's been a fabulous run. Uh, it's been widely successful. But what are their goals? Where, where are they really trying to reach? Jason, is this a collection of players that can play defense, can play better defense, but aren't? And when healthy, too. I mean, let's right. Yeah. Let's say they're all back, yeah. all healthy. Would there be an expectation that this collection should of players should be much better? Well, I'll tell you this. The, the top executive, Neil Walsh, who is the architect of the roster, he certainly believes so. He believes that he has given the coach adequate defensive players. Uh, 
and Mike, you know, you, you touched on it. They have been snake bit with injuries. Yusuf Nurkic uh, broke his wrist, and he's he's really the anchor of the defense. He's really good, mobile, smart, protects the rim. Uh, and Derek Jones and Robert Covington, their new, you know, people that they brought in, they are theoretically good defenders. And I think they have played uh, above average defense this year. Um, but right now, you know, Collins is out, Nurkic is out, C.J. McCollum is out. I think you get a little bit of a pass there. But even when all those guys were healthy, they were still in the bottom three of the of the NBA in defense. So uh, I just feel like there's been a lot of excuses, a lot of, okay, uh, bad luck here, this, that, there. I just think it's time to have this conversation. I'm, I, I'm not definitive. I'd never like to say this person should lose their job. Um, but I, I think it's time to have this conversation of where are we headed? Is Coach Stotts the right guy to do it uh, from the defensive standpoint? And all this while keeping in mind, Damian Lillard is 30, going to turn 31 uh, in the summer. And even as much as Dane says he's loyal to Portland, you know, the, the trend in the NBA, James Harden, Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler, has been for stars to say, it ain't working here. I want to win. I don't think Dane will ever get to that point, but I'd also like not to tempt fate. Too. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I think it's time to have the conversation. Yeah, and you mentioned the ownership and Jody Allen in your article in Vulcan Sports and Entertainment Group. And if if they're not, if they hear Damien say we're not at a championship level and we can't, you know, we can't yep. win one until we improve, you said if that doesn't get their hair to stand on end, then you said, "quote That indifference is doing a disservice to the greatest player in franchise history." It sounds like there's a lot in that that phrase there in that sentence, Jason. uh, Indifference, disservice, but you conclude greatest player in franchise history. Has he erased all doubt in your opinion about that? Damien's the greatest Blazer ever. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, Mike, because when I wrote that. That's the first time I've ever written that. That's what I thought. And, yeah. and, and, and I and I had paused, and I was like, am I really ready to do this? <laughs> and, and, you know, and seriously, yeah. I mean, yeah, words I know. matter. I words know. matter. Uh, I take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it, and I'm like, I am. I'm ready to anoint him as the greatest blazer. And it, and it goes beyond what he does on the court. Obviously, what he does on the court is a huge part, but the way he connects with the community, the way he represents the organization. Uh, I, I think he's a eclipse Clyde Drexler. I, I, I put Clyde as second. And, you know, the only thing that Clyde really has over him is the the two finals appearances. Um, but I think Damon, about two years, he's on pace to surpass Clyde's scoring mark. Uh, and I think, I think Dame will hold every major... Um, statistical category in Blazer history. So that's not a question. It's just going to be, you know, Clyde had the NBA finals appearances. But uh, I, I, 
thought about it, and I, I really do think that Dame has solidified okay. himself as the greatest laser. Yeah, I uh, thought uh, you were going on record for yeah. the first time. I'm glad you confirmed that. And I'm, gl- I'm glad, too, Jason, yeah. that you struggle with that because <laughs> it's hard for me to let go of Clyde at all. <laughs> but, I understand, John. I understand. <laughs> so <laughs> last thing for me, we keep hearing this you know, small market team, small market team, that was always, always connected to college sports when I was growing up. We didn't hear about the Blazers being a small market team in 77 or in 89 or 90. I don't remember it being an issue. Um, it just was an, they were another NBA team. In fact, the only time that ever came up was when talking about whether or not the, the city could get the All-Star game. But now, mm-hmm. more and more, it's brought up about winning championships. I mean... I imagine she's got the billion dollars that the multi-billion dollars that her late brother had. So the money isn't small market, right? I mean, what are we missing here that, that Portland can't be like uh, LA as far as market size, quote unquote. Well, I, again, that's a layered, uh, it's a layered answer. One, it's being able to attract players to come here. This isn't a free agent destination. And two, uh, the big markets like the Knicks and the Lakers, the money that they make off their TV deals, their sponsorship, all of that dwarfs what Portland gets. And what that does is it allows the owners to more easily go into the tax. They don't mind paying the tax because they're bringing in so much more money from these outside deals, sponsorships, TV, and all that. So when Portland has to go into the tax, which you pay, if you're over, you pay a dollar for every dollar you're over. Um, That could be a hefty bill that is a little bit more difficult to absorb than, say, for the Knicks or the Lakers. Um, So that's, that's where the market size comes into play because, as a, I think Portland's like the 24th largest TV market. Mm-hmm. They can't command the same kind of money for their TV deal as L.A., Chicago, New York, Dallas does. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. I, I'm, I don't know why I didn't think of it that way, but I thought everything was just kind of straight across the board that they weren't making extra money off of other TV deals. Maybe some local company sponsorships but then you've got nike but if they are making extra tv money from somewhere else that makes total sense bigger market more money yeah hey yeah. jason the last thing and i always appreciate the periodic visits love your work and you know we'd have you on every day as far as i'm concerned to kind of bring us up to date uh-huh. really appreciate it but the sense of uh, I'm, John, we listen every day to Terry's comments and the interaction via Zoom with yourself, with Dwight. With a, it sounds like you two, at least, are beginning, as you said, it's it's time to sort of begin to ask some questions. Dwight was more specific about a personnel thing. Nasir Little, is he going to see more time? Carmelo mm-hmm. Anthony. Terry seemed to take exception to that. He asked you to define what you mean by accountability on defense. He said, well, that's just a catchphrase. What did you mean by your question? What did you sense Dwight was driving at? And are you sensing Terry's becoming a little bit more sensitive to all of these things? 
Oh, there's no question. Um, you know, I mean, Terry and I uh, have not gotten along for years. Um, and it's frustrating from my vantage point. Uh, and I don't know how to really explain it. And I don't really want to get into it publicly. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it solves anything. But just, you know, so you can understand there's some, mm-hmm. there's some background there where there's some friction and uh, he takes exception to uh, questions I ask. And, uh, so yeah, but he has, I think Terry's feeling the pressure this year. I think he knows that he has to perform and, and not only perform, but, but show defensive improvement and it's not happening. That is apparent. And so I think he is, um, sensitive and defensive and, and, all those things you do when you're when you're feeling under attack or feeling under pressure. Uh, so uh, it's not uncommon in the NBA. Coaching is an incredibly stressful, high pressure job. Uh, I don't think people understand how many things are at play for a coach. You've got to please your owner. You got to please your GM. You got to deal with personalities. Uh, in the locker room, you have to deal with the media. There's a lot of different people tugging at you and wanting different things from you. And all this while, you know, studying film and doing a game plan and traveling. And it's, uh, it's a tough job. And I think sometimes uh, it can get the best of you and, and maybe bring out some qualities that are, uh, that you probably wish you could take back. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's that. I don't, I don't know yeah. if I answered your question. No, it's great, but- Jason. I understand, and and maybe someday, well, you know, I'll learn a little bit more. Just some of the backstory that you're referring to, but yeah. it's just apparent in these do- these exchanges, not only with you, no, with, but even with Dwight with last Dwight, night. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, he's under a lot of pressure. Yeah, there, there's no question. He feel he's feeling it right now. Um, and so it, yeah. it, it kind of just makes it a little more interesting when you tune in. Uh, you know, sure. big big game tonight. Washington's only got four wins all year. Well, he loses this game, then it, it yeah. gets really, really tense. And the thing I liked what in closing on Damian, again, we'll close here. The thing that I liked about him, now Robert Covington was a little bit dismissive about numbers. Well, you know, the number, yeah. Damien says, no, the numbers don't lie. We're 29th in defense, and that's not good enough. But his approach is we can't go from 29 to 1 against the Wizards tonight, essentially. But he'd like to just start chipping away, get to 27th, get to 26th. Isn't that typical, yeah. Damien, to say we've just got to start getting better tonight? Yeah. But, and, but you know what? Even deeper than that, um, I thought Damian really showed leadership last night in saying, look, <laughs> yeah, our defense is bad, but it's i, I got to be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Part of it's on me to help us get better. He's not pointing fingers. He's not making excuses. He's looking at himself and saying, you know what? I'm part of the problem. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting point guard. I'm, nobody plays more minutes than me, so nobody should be 
have more ownership of this core defense than me. And I, I think that's admirable that yeah. he wasn't throwing people under the bus. Um, but you're right, Mike. You know, he said, yeah, it's <laughs> – it's obvious we have a problem with defense, but what are we going to do? Just give up? No. we got to start attacking it tomorrow, and mm-hmm. if we're 28, then let's try to get to 27, then let's try to right. get to 26. Yeah. And, uh, and that, again, is like a little glimpse into the power of Damien and, mm-hmm. and the, his positive thinking and the way that he gets guys to buy in and get on board and you know, come on, let's let's just get this going in the right direction. Jason, it's always great talking to you. Thank you for the glimpses you give to uh, about this team, the franchise, and all of that. It's great to check in with you from time to time. We always appreciate it. Thanks for joining us again, Jason. John, Mike, I always love talking to you guys. It's really, really fun. Thanks, Thanks Jason. Jason Quick, Oregon State alumnus and He's great. outstanding writer yeah. for The Athletic. And again, I'm, I mean it. The Athletic is, and I've said it again, I'm not, I'm, on on reta- it. I'm not on retainer for The Athletic. I'm just saying it's really good. Yeah, it is really good. Uh, great articles. All yeah. right, so here's Dwight's exchange. What about uh, Mello, Terry? He's obviously going through a really rough patch the last five or six games. Uh, with, with a guy like Naz coming off the bench and, having such a good game, can you afford to stick with Mello? And how does that dynamic work out? Well, Nas didn't come off the bench. Nas started. Okay. He came off your bench. He's been sitting there a long time. Uh, He started the last two games. I I know, Terry. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. He's buried treasure, basically. I'm sorry? He's buried treasure. I don't know what that means, but I thought Nas had a buried quite a while there. He he hardly has ever played through the first eighteen games of the season. He hasn't played. So so what's your question? Well, my question is: Will he get some of Mello's playing time, or are you going to continue to play Mello and hope he works his way out of this uh, massive shooting slump? Well, I wouldn't call it a massive shooting slump. He's had a couple poor shooting games. I don't know what you call a massive shooting slump, but no, Mello has earned the right to play through a, a shooting slump. Your local Qdoba Mexican Eats plays an important role in serving our communities and will continue to provide access to freshly prepared food during this challenging time. While dining rooms are temporarily closed, all of your local Qdoba locations in Salem, Corvallis, Eugene, and throughout Oregon are ready to serve you with their same great flavors, making sure to take all safety precautions out of concern for their dedicated workers and valued customers. For quick and easy takeout ordering, call ahead to your locally owned and operated Qdoba Mexican Eats for curbside pickup. You can also use the app or order online at Qdoba.com. Middleton Heating has been here helping you for over 71 years, 24 hours a day. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating and cooling equipment. Heating unit troubling you? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. For new equipment, Middleton offers several financing options and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. Don't forget Middleton's custom sheet metal shop is still taking orders large or small. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, and sheet metal needs online at middletonheating.net.
Trace comes inside, lays it in, and counts his foul. Your Tax and Wealth Management coaches, Paul Witzke, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry are ready to put you in the game. Perhaps you're looking to save money for your kid's college, start your retirement, or need business coaching. Tax and Wealth Management has what you need to execute that game plan into a victory. With 40 years in business, Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis has the strategy you need for tax planning and saving for your financial future. Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com or call 541-753-4185 to get in the game. H&R Block has many options to make filing your taxes easy. Our tax pros can help you get your max refund with or without the office visit. Drop in, drop off, or a tax pro can even do your taxes virtually. Send some pics from your phone without leaving home. Just another way, Block has your back. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. This is Serena from your local H&R Block. Last year was full of surprises and tax prep shouldn't be. Visit one of our local six offices today. Don't forget about our Philomath office next to Safeway and the Sunset Shopping Center. Book your appointment today and let us get your maximum refund. If your RV or trailer is sitting in storage or out in the rain this winter, let Guarantee pay you cash for your rig. Cash for Campers means no more storage and no more worries. My name is Bo and I live in Cottage Grove. Cash for Campers put over $10,000 in my pocket. We were waiting until summer to sell our trailer, but Guarantee gave us cash right now. Guarantee will give you $500 if we can't beat any Oregon dealer's written offer on your late model RV in good condition. My name is Jessica and I live in Springfield. Thanks to Guarantee, we no longer have a monthly storage bill and we have more than enough money to remodel our kitchen trailers fifth wheels toy haulers motorhomes they all qualify for cash for campers i'm paul uh, we have been stuck at home for about nine months now guarantee made it really easy for us no hassles they came and picked up our fifth wheel at our house and delivered our check text rv for me to 55678 for special offers or visit guarantee.com that's RV, the number four, me, to 55678. Guarantee RV is here to help you put cash in your pocket. Hey, Beaver Nation, this is Mike Parker. I want to talk about my experience at the Barbers in Corvallis. Rachel at the Barbers has been cutting what hair I have for many years. Not only do I get a great haircut, but also a hot leather neck shave, a shampoo and scalp massage, a soothing neck and shoulder massage, free popcorn and soda, a TV at every station to watch all the games, Discover for yourself why over 2,000 guys a month go to the Barbers. Check them out on 9th Street in Corvallis, the Barbers, where I go and guys go for great cuts. I don't know. I'm not we sure. continue on the Joe Beaver Show. So is he right? And I want you to channel your uh, Sam, gosh, the comedian. Kinnison. Sam Kinnison. Is he right? Is she right? When oh. when he asked for the causes of the Vietnam War, is she right? That is pretty funny. So I'm asking, is Quick right? On what issue? He committed himself. I could see him. He was at the keyboard. Oh. And he says, that indifference oh, no. is doing it a service. No. Not, he could have said, is doing it a service to Damien. He wrote, that indifference is doing it a service to the greatest player in franchise history. I knew that was a big moment for Jason, and he confirmed yeah, it. Yeah, Is he right? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Dave, who I know isn't enough of a Blazer fan to make an argument one way or another, but Dave, it's always good to hear from you. I hear you're coming to town, too, next week, and that's good news, too. How are you today? 
I'm very good, gentlemen. I just wanted to offer a little potpourri on, on a few subjects. Sure. Actually, first starting off topic with uh, uh, most recently off topic regarding Mike Remmers. Uh, was that interview just yesterday when he when you guys had him on camp? The days no, all it was, kind of blend together. Yeah, a few point. days. It last was last week. Tuesday, Wednesday, I think. Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah, last week. Uh, okay. Anyway. Uh, what a story that is. Uh, now, this will come across as snarky, but I don't mean it to be, because I, I have to kind of apologize for my reputation, because there was no player for Oregon State who made more kind of head-slapping uh, false starts or offsides than Mike, than Mike Remmers did, and, and it was frustrating. But, I mean, what a career he's made out of that, and the point that he regarded himself is not even the best player on his high school football mm-hmm. team, and now here he's playing in back-to-back Super Bowls. That's the kind of story you just love. So I just wanted to get that out of the way quickly. As to the Damian Lillard situation, now that's true. I don't even really consider myself a fervent NBA fan anymore, let alone a Blazers fan. But just kind of listening to the dialogue, I thought by analogy I'd offer a little comparative context, because the the parallels aren't precise, but being, in fact, a fervent Packer fan, I see a little parallelism between Lillard's situation and Aaron Rodgers, and let me just explicate that a little bit. When you have a transcendent talent, like Lillard, like Rodgers, and you don't win championships, Mm -hmm. Everyone around that situation starts getting a little fidgety. Mm -hmm. The administration of the team does dumb things like uh, drafting a Gary Anderson quarterback. I mean, just just mull that phrase over a little bit. (laughs) A Gary Anderson quarterback. I mean, no slight to Jordan Love. He he might end up being good, but come on. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the top five quarterbacks of all time, still in his prime. So, so the administration gets a little fidgety. Now Rogers gets a little fidgety, and mm-hmm. before you know, things really tumble out of control. And and just I just offer that as a comparative context mm-hmm. for how things can really get sideways with uh, with relationships on a team. Yes, that's an Last excellent thing, analogy. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Lastly, I want to I want to uh, compliment uh, Jason Quick's candor. Because, and, and again, uh, I, have to, I have to kind of look for permission to explore this topic in advance, Mike, because, again, I, it's not my intention to rile things up. But, but rare, rare is the reporter who will even barely intimate, as Quick did, that the result of the friction with a sports figure who he is record, who, upon whom he is reporting in this case, the, the Blazers coach, rarely will a reporter even hint mm-hmm. that they may have something to do with that dynamic. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't profess that he did, but he, but he broached it. And I'll only end with this, because I hear you guys talking about Stotts and his querulous behavior and his argument. And, and, and again, I, I just lay this out that you can guys can run with it or you can just terminate the call and move on to something else. But does not Stotts' demeanor remind you just a little bit of the way Mike Leach comports himself with the press 
And whereas you never fail to point out Mike's uh, malfeasances or misfeasances, it seems to me you give Stotts a lot of line with the way he deals with the press. So I'll just leave it there, okay. gentlemen, and look forward to seeing you next week. Okay, Dave. We look forward to that as well. We will take a final break here in a moment. I'm not a fan of Stotts's demeanor. I'm not, I don't feel as though I'm defending Stotts's demeanor. And with Leach, the the occasional combative atmosphere that happens within his sparring with the local press or the reporters that cover his team, I don't even mind that so much. But when he went after John Blanchett, you and your little column, and you know, mm-hmm. he took it too far. Yeah. Those are the sorts of things when he goes that far to demean the person that he's visiting with. That's what I don't like. Now, with respect to Jason and Terry, I wasn't I wasn't aware that they had as much apparent history as they do, it sounds like. And Jason was kind enough to kind of let us in on that a little all. bit. And I, I knew they had a little bit, and I, th- I feel as though years ago Jason and I may have talked about it off the air, and he may have shed a little bit of light on that. But on the air, that's the first time I've heard him say that, yeah. I think. No, I didn't know they had any history <laughs> right. at all. I'm, I'm just pointing out that uh, it just seems like Terry is very combative um, with the media. Um, now, with some of the questions that come after Dwight, and, and Dwight's questions were not bad at all. What's the deal with Nasir Little? He's a buried gem. Why is he, yeah. he not playing more? Okay, so he, started, he takes that on. He started last game. He started two games in a row. Now, on a certain level, Dwight probably, I suppose, should have had his ducks in a row, everything in order. Like, but, I know he started the last two games, Coach, but he well, seems as though he's been buried. That allowed Stotts to take the offensive by Dwight getting off to a bad start with the he's coming off the oh he didn't come off the bench tonight. Well, and he started the game before, so that immediately kind of turns it around back on Dwight. Like Dwight, you don't know you don't have your facts straight. So what are you talking to me? I don't understand your question. Well, uh, okay, but that's you. I know that's really making it a minute detail on yes. that i know what you're saying but to, to for a slight okay let's benefit it out for stots okay and i'm not saying stots is a jerk at all no i'm just saying that he's he's very contentious right now right. and what he did what what he said to dwight was um it was uh, it, it disingenuous yes. because Dwight's like, well, he's not starting. He, it's it's little nitpicky stuff, just little. Yeah. Well, he, what do you mean? He started this game. He started the last two games. Oh, c- come on. He knew what Dwight meant. And Dwight said, come on, Terry. You, you know, know what, what I'm, I'm talking mean. about. Yeah. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And, and so those little back and forth, th- there was nothing ugly there on either side. It was just like petty. And you can tell, you can tell that there's a little heat. And, hey, I'm, I'm not for... Uh, for getting on anybody for for the job, and and I I wouldn't wish anybody lose their job at all. I'm just mm-hmm. pointing it out that it's golden radio. It's been pretty entertaining. It's yes. fun radio. And tonight tonight you want the I want the Blazers to win. Yes, I'm enough of in getting before we take our final break on this whole issue of the media's role sometimes. Afflicting the comfortable, comforting the afflicted, the old H.L. Mencken doctrine. And 
what what rules do a reporter have? It's been rich to go back with the conversation we had with Jennifer Allen to go back at George's demeanor with writers and the local media. He would chastise the writers when they would put out polls in the Washington Post and in other newspapers in the nation's capital. Who should be the Redskins quarterback, Billy Kilmer or Sonny Jurgensen, when both were healthy? Now, Sonny clearly was a greater talent, but Kilmer was a tough leader that Allen admired, and so there was a quarterback controversy. Then it became Kilmer versus Joe Theismann. (laughs) And (laughs) And so Allen would go to the press and say, to the writers, you're hurting the team with questions like that. You're dividing the team. Don't you want the Redskins to win? And the great writers and veteran writers in the nation's capital would say, George, no, we really don't. It's our duty to the readers. We're giving the readers a voice with these polls and these questions, and we're covering the team, yeah. and you have a quarterback yeah. controversy. No, you're creating one. No. On the team, we've talked to people within the team. Some of your guys want Kilmer, others want Theismann, others want Sonny. So we're just trying to report what is a true story. And George said, no, your job isn't to do that. It's to help us win and be better. <laughs> it's quite the opposite, yeah. George. Well, you know, on this, too, and I'll, I'll take up for, for Jason and Dwight and others, uh, poor Joe Becker just got yes, smashed a little when bit. he didn't get called on, so he chimed in, and I thought Terry was, was rude to him. But I'll take up for those guys that really, while the team has been – struggling and going through this defense and defense is the issue because it's supposed to be shored up. It's not, they were, I would say that even for, for a bigger city market, the Portland market, guys like Dwight and Jason and others were kind of lofting softballs, much like we'll do down here. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, and and yet he still was getting contentious. Right. And so at that point, as a, as a person, I, I will be kind. That's a good point. But when they fire back at my kindness, then it's like, oh, really? Okay, then. Well, that, and that's kind of what we true. saw yesterday. I think you're right. That's an excellent point. If if, if you're going to do these things when the tree is green, what's ever going to happen when it becomes dry? Yeah. That's a paraphrase in an old phrase from a long time ago. But the, the, I see what you're saying that, hey, if you're going to be – Rude, contentious, yeah. when we're just saying, hey, Terry, uh, what about the defense tonight? You know, whatever, in yeah. a mild sort of way. Right. And you come back at me. Well, then we will begin to start asking the real hard questions <laughs> Which then, if I, you're going to be a jerk yeah. to us anyway. And I, I kind of felt yeah. like uh, both White and Jason <laughs> kind of got that because Dwight, <laughs> earlier in the season, I don't, I don't think Dwight yeah. would have pressed it that much. Right. And, and yet he did. And then same with Jason. So we want the blade. I do. Well, it's going to be interesting tonight because, and we've got them, of course, 5 o'clock. There's a big rivalry with Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard. And while Washington's not a good team with only four wins, there's going to be, and there's an article on it done by NBC Sports Northwest. I didn't see who wrote it. Would that be Dwight? Might be Jamie. Um, could be. I mean, Jamie Hudson, Hudson covers things it, too. Yeah, it's going to be a knockout dragout. It could be, uh, and they can score. Whether or not who they're, you know, win or lose. Yeah, those two will go at each other. Plus the issues of defense and everything it's a good that's coming tonight. Into it. There's, in there's the kind NBA. of a spotlight now. Yeah. Let's break. Love to take any input on the question. Was quick right in that moment? That moment with his fingers on the keyboard to type out doing a disservice to the greatest player in franchise And I have one text answer to that. Settled. 
it's settled in Jason's mind. Is it in yours? 1240 Joe Radio. Locally owned and operated for over 30 years, Corvallis Floor Covering would like to thank their many friends and customers for your continued support and looks forward to working with you on your next remodeling project. Stop by and see Wendy, Robin, or Brian and check out their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, vinyl, laminate, tile, wood floorings, and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beavs. Hi, Tanya here with the Oregon State Bowling Proprietors Association. I'm here to send a clear message out regarding our centers in Oregon. Some centers have been mandated to close for over nine out of the 12 months last year. Three of those have permanently closed. While over 55,000 retail businesses and hundreds of big box stores in Oregon were allowed to profit. Help our locally owned businesses get back open to survive while keeping everyone safer. And let's save more bowling centers from closing permanently. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid Valley. Trump says the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. All right, three minutes left. So I, mean, I got I, a text. Uh, I thought it was a good question to say, are these guys good defenders? Right, can they be? That's a very good question. I don't follow them that well. If healthy. It's all about offense in the NBA. Yeah, I know. I, I wanted to ask him about, was, was there an NBA? I've seen NBA scores lately, like 152 to 133, <laughs> yeah. 149 to 146. I watch the NBA. Maybe it's better than ever. And this is where I've got to stop the curmudgeonly self and the old, the old is better and no one having to drink no. uh, yes. a new wine immediately straight away desires no. and oh, the old's no. better. Well, you know, okay. The old is okay. better. The old the is NBA's better. Case. Clyde's better. Uh, the old is yes. better. Everything better in the old days. George yes. Allen, Billy Kilmer, everything better in the old days. Fearsome Force and better than anybody and they still were. I'm so, convinced so, now. Okay. Yeah, I got you. That's a great film, by the way. So anyway. I'm trying to figure out Bill Walton saying we're the luckiest people alive. The game's better than ever. The I more it, young, great I think talent. He's sucking up to the, no, I the job. He I, he may be, but maybe the NBA fans right now, Josh Grossman may love it now more than it's. It may be the greatest times ever when people can do so many things, hit threes for ridiculous distance, and drive and dunk. Hey, you know what? I just I I, I come from a different generation of make hay while the sun uh, the sun shines. Don't give me excuses. Get down on your knees or get play down in the squat and play some defense and take responsibility for the guy that gets around you and don't give up the baseline. Oh, and uh, as far as metrics and data yeah. and this and that, I don't care about that. We don't shoot that shot. We didn't let Hanslick shoot from that far That's out. That's a great point. The NBA. Uh, 
TV the other day showed a, a defender trying to guard somebody who gave up the baseline. And they said, well, you see, you give up the baseline here, you're in trouble. And somebody threw down on the defender. And I was glad that the the panelists held that defender accountable. Oh, you can't give up the baseline there. And I was glad to hear it because they're saying that's bad defense, not necessarily great O. Well, they didn't get the memo from all the coaches I've seen and worked with that okay. say, no, we, 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 we shuffle here and we rotate over yeah. here. One coach told me this thing, and there was like five parts to the rotation after you know forcing baseline, essentially saying, here, have the basket. Right. And then all these different marbles had to be moved for rotation, and I thought, I didn't say anything, but I thought in my head, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's called personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Don't give up the baseline and all your help is inside. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you got on the University Honda text line? Bill Walton, Bill Walton, Bill Walton, says Doug from Salem. Okay. Thank you, Doug. Bill Walton, Bill Walton, The problem with that is he only really had two <laughs> altogether about two full years and he was so plagued by injury that it's difficult to put Walton You're ahead right. of Clyde or Damien. Less than a minute to go. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who this is, but they say 76 seconds seven was generations ago. Yawn. Okay, you have no mm-hmm. idea what you're talking about. Greatest players, isn't the game different enough from the late 60s to make it hard to compare? Yeah. The Celtics played the Sonics in 69 to Heck Edmondson one night because the Seattle Boat Show had the Coliseum <laughs> that week. Tom and Corvallis. Yes, if you're really ridiculously going back to, mm-hmm. you know, Parker's old days. But my Elgin old days Baylor. were better. We're down to <laughs> 10 Elgin seconds. Elgin play in the league today. He had nothing. <laughs> Thanks, Five everybody, for, for joining us. 76-77 is not a yawn. It was great basketball. See you tomorrow. This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in 5. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio.